Welcome to the China Business Law Podcast, a show about the practice of law in China from real in-house and law firm professionals on the ground. Welcome everybody to the, another episode of the China Business Law Podcast. I'm your host Art Dicker, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by Kenny Tung. He's the founder of Ingear Legalytics, and he's also been a GC, General Counsel, and Regional General Counsel in China for many years before that. Welcome, Kenny. Thank you, Art. And so, yeah. So today's topic is、uh, about coronavirus, and particularly we're going to talk about the impact on business. And specifically, we want to get into the role of in-house legal counsel, kind of managing things, especially on the ground, as companies are reacting almost in real time to、um, uh, all of these new questions that are coming up on. On、uh, what's what's going on and what companies can do to prepare and react. So we are really looking at an extraordinary situation right now. It's the, the virus, as people know, is generating a massive response from from the government and people themselves,、um, uh, person by person, trying to、um, defeat this. And at the same time, we can't ignore that there's a business impact and it's a serious disruption to the economy and individual businesses. So Kenny, you were in China back during SARS in 2003, and a lot of people compare this situation to SARS.、It、could be different, though. We're starting to see some differences. You were at Kodak back then as legal director. How would、That's、you、right. compare the situation now to what SARS was like back then? Well, yeah, this is definitely,、um, you know, is reminiscent of SARS. But,、um, but strict, strictly answering your question, it is quite different. Um, as you know, we have been you know hearing in the media over this, and、uh, as it as it develops, which is really on a daily basis or even hourly basis, but it's a very different、uh, picture because, for example, back in the the period of SARS, we don't have this minute by minute you know、uh, development that、mm. actually every the whole world can track. Developing in, and first and foremost, it is to really the media, and then the knock on effect on. The、uh, the peoples the f- developing the, the fear and concern of people,、mm. and then of course ultimately、uh, people who are governing the government and how they deal with this. And of course, China has a very different profile in the world, so that it triggers onto a whole bunch of other geopolitics issues. So I think it's it's quite different. And also, for example, you know, we were in Shanghai mostly during the period of Shar,、uh, the SARS. And I have to say, you know, my friends and I, my wife and I, were saying that, oh goodness, we we were working, you know, going to work. It was just, we barely felt the difference during that period of time in SARS.、Mm. Having said that, we did hear about certain uh, border uh, border closing or、um, quarantining outside Beijing and Shanghai, but we certainly were not in those areas where they were probably、um, implementing some kind of measures. But、uh, certainly, you know, we don't feel it. Few people knew about it, and the world certainly, you know, just look at it as a another、uh, flu came and went.、Um, right. So I think that that's that's a huge difference in that sense. Does it? So it's, it's almost almost like a little bit of ignorance was bliss back then. I mean, <laughs> I, 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 certainly certainly that this seems more serious. I, I this seems more serious than SARS. Um, uh, in in the the way that it's spreading, but、um, 
but you're right the social media was there was no well there was social media but it wasn't anything like it looked today and and in real time communications as in updates as you said and it it's creating this response for um from, from the government from from people from companies and you've described it before um from a company perspective how to get a handle on this uh, as a crisis management kind of response um i guess some of it's psychological and some of it's real but how as a, from a uh, a company perspective would you treat this as a as a sort of a crisis management response to to react to something like this well this is um one of the you know, best example for a crisis but by no means the only type of crisis uh that businesses and companies have been dealing with you know since the birth of uh, our memory on on businesses but i but i want to take this opportunity really to mention you know there are all kinds of crises and maybe it will help to put this um novel coronavirus as a crisis in context mm-hmm. um if you can can indulge me with that um in addition to public health crisis you could also come across you know i'm just thinking this off the top of my head you you get political disruption issues uh international ones for example uh you may some may recall the the U- us biplane incident mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, or the uh belgrade <laughs> worse yet the belgrade chinese embassy incident right. and of course very recently you, some people could categorize that as a crisis the us china trade war mm-hmm. these these are all um some of these can be fine tuned like the spy plane and the china embassy problem some of these you really can't fine tune you know you have to work deal with somebody else like the trade war mm. um but then there are domestic uh political disruptions um June 4th being one of them right uh the recent Hong Kong uh, d- uh protests and these are all more much more difficult for 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 the authorities to fine tune and and I think it's more in that sense it's more akin to a a uh, public health issue in which people are still trying to figure out what the cause is even though they're honing in on it um and then another kind of typical crisis that companies will come across would be major lawsuit dispute resolution mm-hmm. uh in a 789 digit type of uh risks uh of course we I always categorize it similar to that even though it's in different nature is government investigations mm-hmm. uh those are also major crisis but those I think can companies tend to have slightly less of a business interruption kind of urgency as mm-hmm. let's say a virus uh, epidemic uh product liability once again is a very common business interruption you know uh, what comes to mind is the samsung phone battery problem mm-hmm. uh where major you know business product revenue source is suddenly <laughs> getting stopped mm-hmm. uh, on the auto side you know you have you know the typical serious product li- major product liability issues like the gm ignition Mm-hmm. Uh, the Toyota um the airbags and of course the VW dieselgate these are all right. things that we we can remember from recent times then there is a more purely media crisis um what comes to mind is the Dolce Gabbana um and sometimes when some sometimes it's not what the company did but some newspaper wanting to come after some companies because of a certain agenda 
of right. an editor. So those are something that you have to deal with. Um, cybersecurity would be another type of crisis, which is these are all different natures. So we have to look, really look at, at the end of the day, how much of this is within your control, how much of this will blow over soon. Um, cybersecurity, come, what comes to mind, for example, is a Sony, right. Sony um, Columbia Pictures, I guess, crisis, right. um, and Kmart and all that. You know, there are many, many examples of each of these categories. So, um, And then the, there are these mixed ones. These mixed ones, I call them mixed because they look like some kind of investigation, for example, GSK mm -hmm. or Rio Tinto. Yeah. But there yeah. is much bigger picture, uh, international picture forces at work, uh, whether it's healthcare pricing or um, China, one company's you know, in, uh, ambition to buy companies elsewhere. These right. are all very mixed up issues. Now, there are many other types, but to to long this long way of coming to say that you know this will keep the price you know we, if as long as we get treated as a crisis management then comparing to all these other ones i'm not saying it's going to be better we should feel better we should feel worse then at least we can start focusing on what are the some of the lessons learned that from all these different crises that that we should actually while dealing with what we have to do today tomorrow and this quarter's kpi we have to you to take a look at how to manage the things so that we won't make it any worse. And it's extrapolating a bit because these these types of crises that you've uh, mentioned are all at the end of the day. I think they're they're involving people, but really they come down to brand reputation, um, sort of uh, you know impact on products and um sort of it, you know conflicts with customers like look at the, the another media crisis is the nba the recent the recent troubles there yes. with the, the the rogue tweet um uh and and so um these these i think still though at the end of the day these these kinds of crises have somewhat of a defined playbook or at least we've seen them um you know we've seen multiple iterations of these you can go out and find an advisor to advise you on how to respond to these things internally and externally this crisis seems to me as one as as somewhat unique in our at least in in my in my lifetime of recalling trying to recall something like this before and and we've already said it kind of doesn't even compare to SARS and maybe that's maybe that's just the product of being in a different environment right now but do you you think that there are still lessons from these other uh I'll say more quote routine crises that companies encounter that we can draw on for for this crisis which is which is quite fluid I mean I guess all crises are, are fluid but this one is people don't really know where where it's going to end and it's, it's, it seems to and it's also got people's health involved as well, which is a factor that may not be in some of these other crises. So do you think that this, these crises are still the source that that people are instinctually looking to to, to respond to form a basis of a response? I, I think, you know, that's really the, the purpose of bringing all these other type of crises up, because, yes, we, we, we call this the novel coronavirus and it is a healthcare crisis, but it is, as you know, you already alluded to, a lot more than a healthcare crisis. It is a business crisis. It is a political crisis. Mm -hmm. It is a media crisis. Um, and first and foremost, in this, and in a way, in this crisis, um, well, on one hand, there's nothing new under the sun. But for those of us who are quote unquote uh, men and women in the arena, we are dealing with the unknown. 
Mm. And and that, in a way, you know, it makes the crisis unique for the moment. Um, SARS and Corona, when we really don't know how deadly what we're looking at in this mm. case. Mm-hmm. And and uh, but bottom line, I think for business, for a company, what you really have to look at, you know, people always talk about in, in the case of investigation, right, as a crisis, people will say, oh, you know, the reputational risk, reputational damage. We cannot just say reputational damage. You have to work with the rest of the company to say, mm. okay, uh, yes, you know, we don't want our CEO or significant any any employee or agent being in jail. That's of course we don't we don't. Want, but we also need to figure out what does reputational damage means. And the best answer that I've heard so far, um, I think, was in a. Um, uh, a conference one somewhere that they say, well, you should look at that as a derivative damage, mm. derivative of your primary, you know, damages such as your revenue, such as your your expenses, such as your 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 franchise to to continue business mm. and uh, or ability to continue operation. So that's these are some of the lessons that that we have from other type of crisis that you don't think of right away as a healthcare crisis, but in fact, it can impact and you can start saying, okay, that can happen, you know, even though anything can happen, but that's a good good way to look at that. And and then another often things that we, we have to figure out is the short term versus the long term. Um, a lot of companies are already trying to help people who are in need to help, whether it could be um, uh, face mask or something out they're taking this opportunity if there's nothing else to do you may as well do something with your mm. resource on the ground to try to to get something get some goodwill in the future so that's just in a way an example of looking beyond oh how do we scramble for the short term and get the business running as quickly as possible right. so and then of course if you look at the nike and nba i think you just mentioned they you know those they they have a pretty serious, mostly PR, but, you know, potentially geopolitical uh, risks by taking a taking a, a stand on certain political views. Mm-hmm. And and they have to do a calculation about what is going to be what what is going to be work for them, what doesn't work for them. And it's not a calculation about your next quarter and not even about your your how you can end up this year. It's really about they have to do look at the mirror long and hard and say, what is our reason for existence? And mm-hmm. if I take a chance and anger uh, all these people who, um, you know, because because somebody is not going to salute the flag, um, mm-hmm. am I going to gain that much more? A lot of that is hard calculation, but also at the end of the day, what is the reason for existence of your enterprise? Mm-hmm. And, and these are the kind of things which is somewhat akin to the long term versus short term type of example and and that those are the key lessons that when when we really don't know what's going to happen next that we have to cling on to um get a bit into the the, the role of the legal department in yeah. crisis is like this um these um you've got um employees who are you know scattered and maybe not able to come back to work and not do their job as as normal and and um, meanwhile those are of course you know Drains and co- fixed costs on the and the policies that are, are coming out from different cities are seem to be changing by by the day or the week. And you've also got ongoing relationships with suppliers um, and customers, contracts to fulfill and be fulfilled, 
and you've got just this general um, brand uh, image and um, you know public relations responses, which we know legal is always often involved in as well. So if you're the legal department, where how do you how do you dive into this? How what kind of issues are you most worried about, and and how are you working kind of um, you know in particular within this overall crisis management framework? The legal function, especially in business, and of course the extended um, legal function, which today mostly is external counsel, uh, even though it is gradually uh, expanding beyond that, um, has often been viewed by businesses and also as a result of, a, if you would, uh, a cycle, whether it's virtuous or not, uh, self-defined as a remedial function. What I meant mm -hmm. by that is when something goes wrong, you need a remedy. Then the lawyers, you often say, okay, let's turn to the lawyers. Right. Uh, when there's a lawsuit, you see a lawsuit coming, you see a contract at the, at the brink of being breached. Uh, you see em uh, employment or stop work stoppages or disputes over whether someone... Uh, you know, I feel sorry for the Hong Kong hospitals. Some of the, the of course, is a very uh, confounded issue. But if some of your employees say, I'm not going to come to work because you are not providing me, or when there's nothing you can do that can provide me with the level of safety mm -hmm. that I deserve. Now, these are all very difficult issues, which are going to end up with, with economic and legal issues pursuing coming out of that, right? And um, your broader value chain and supply chain for your customers and that goes beyond all these it's going to go be way beyond the border you know um, the u.s and european um, even japanese you know auto and other um, yeah. iphones and all these suppliers are going to say okay you know we're going to have issues and we're going to start giving out warnings about um even even you know someone would think of uh, somebody who is in the e-commerce business in China and the delivery business, when they have nothing to sell because the the things that they sell are not being made, mm -hmm. uh, the meals they're they're delivering are not being cooked, their 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 income statement is going to go very seriously impacted also. So mm -hmm. these are the kind of things that you can say, well, what could a lawyer do about that? Well, first and foremost, you know, the business will come to you and say, okay, what what Give me a, a quick lowdown on what is my worst case scenario mm -hmm. of uh, economic damages. How much of that is based on contract? How much of that is based on this and that? And, you know, we may may not touch on this subject later. Contract management comes to the fore. And mm -hmm. there I can only say fortune favors the prepared mind. Mm -hmm. If company, you know, I we have seen companies before, you know, not necessarily one I work for, but definitely people, many, many con hundreds of conversations I've been talking to over the number of years is many organizations sometimes don't even know where their contract is. So <laughs> that's something that um, maybe not during this current crisis, but maybe maybe that will be a very good wake up call to say, let's get that lined up uh, mm. wherever these organization silos might be, because there's a good business reason. Uh, in fact, we talked about opportunity, right? A lot of these crises present actually opportunities, like the, mm -hmm. the, the, the sometimes it can turn on a dime. Um, some of the worst, um, one of the best time I always say to work in a compliance challenged company is immediately after a huge <laughs> crisis of mm -hmm. the compliance kind. 
So after this crisis, hopefully the legal function could say, okay, this is a good time for us to really get our ducks in order to figure out what are the liabilities and rights. Make sure that you know where your rights are too. Mm. And, and, um, and at the same time, have all the employee work with HR people, with all the employees stoppages, all these things that which we have come to think of um, as something that we're used to. But we really have to to address because just like the larger term issues of how how companies and how people will work change, uh, these these crises actually we will edge on these changes so that we will have a very different working relationship. But long, but the first the the last, the most important thing I do want to mention is we should the legal function should go beyond just fixing problems. Mm. We should take this opportunity, take this sometime unfortunate existential moment and say, well, this if, if the legal people can latch on to what is the reason for existence of the enterprise mm-hmm. and every enterprise has one and even non nonprofit business have the reason for existence. And we need to go from there and devise how can we help in each stage, even though they are not necessarily fixing problems. But there are things that lawyers can help with, in the, mostly about relationship between internal parties and stakeholders, which is a big problem, by the way, of crisis. Because a lot of times about it's about who going to end up bearing responsibility. And sometimes mm-hmm. an organization end up making a huge mistake because they're trying to protect their CEO. They're trying to protect some business executives. It end up sacrificing the, the organization's opportunity to to be authentic and transparent when they needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they get into a cover-up situation, which end up bouncing back at them later on with much heavier impact. And so these are the kind of things that the, the, the legal department ought to take advantage of in addition to uh, dealing with uh, a, a claim under the contract and how do you negotiate with, with certain other people. It's interesting that you said that, you know, people, people often take the view, especially within companies, that the legal department is, is strictly a cost center and and uh, and and therefore, you know, provides uh, limited value or at least only all its value only surfaces when it's, as you say, sort of has to react to a to a, some kind of a challenge or a, a particular specific problem um, in in this kind of situation, you know, um, I wonder if you could almost view the fact that that legal departments, you know, legal departments are not valued uh, on sort of like quarterly cost, uh, P&L kind of metrics, right? Or, or let's say your your sales quota on, in the business department, or if you're the finance department, sort of, you know, are you hitting certain ratios and so forth? The legal department has always been much more subtle, and I wonder if that could actually be turned into an advantage here it struck me you were you were saying how the legal department might be actually in a, in a good position to look at the how what the purpose of the company and why it exists and take a very long-term view and i wonder if that's really an opportunity here because legal the legal department can almost the way it's designed be set up to, to take more of a long-term view for a situation like this you hit the nail right on the head this is definitely one of my favorite topics in fact you know what i'm really dedicating a lot of thinking and um, uh, passion to 
legal function, you know, as, as I'm, I think I'm describing something really from a lot of conversations, not just me, from many other people who, um, who, may, who may not want to describe it this way in public, but in private, this is certainly the, the, the picture that I get. Legal department sometimes is straightjacketed into a silo, like many other silos in larger organizations, but often in a what I call a goalkeeper defensive uh, remedial situation. So when we are involved, um, usually something is wrong uh, or in the process of going wrong. And that's fine. You know, that's what we're some people say that's what we're paid to do. And some you know, lawyers are even even thrive on doing this uh, to the point of being accused of profiting from other people's misfortune. Mm-hmm. But that's fine. That's part of what we're task to do. But in a organization in the business, they don't hire us to practice law. Now, uh, this uh, this is sort of a um, pro- provocative statement. Yes, they hire us for our legal skills and insight and abilities, but they don't hire us to practice law. What do they hire us to do? To solve problems. <laughs> and mm-hmm. some problems are better solved upfront than when your options are limited. And um, there's too late and too little. And there lies this, this self-definition and uh, influ- really we need to change a difficult, what is getting to be more difficult situation and reverse it into a more virtuous cycle. We have to persuade our clients that a lot of what we can do is actually like finance, like HR, like business intelligence can be weaved into the con- not even the company's operation. A lot of those could be have little to do with legal, but the company's strategy and strategic initiative. And and of course, you know, some work need to be done. You know, you just don't go and say, okay, I go become part of your strategy. But mm-hmm. and, and and in many ways, most many GCs and say we are part of the company's strategic you know, function. At the GC level, yes. Uh, a lot of GCs, especially American companies, sit on the board, just like part of the C-suite, but we need to make sure the entire legal function also do that layer by layer, uh, rather than you know, being a bit remedial. Uh, as you know, the, And the compliance, there's a saying that say, oh, there's tone on the top, but there is uh, muddle in the middle and battle at the bottom. So mm-hmm. that is actually the reality in many companies. So what we get a chance to do is to say, well, what, and f- most lawyers are so busy, they really, to be honest, don't have time to do it, but somehow this has to be done one day, one task at a time. Uh, we, we have, many lawyers have to get out of, be, from behind our desks and start really being part of the business. You go out on, uh, you start by going out onto sales calls, going on delivery trucks, you have to really walk <laughs> through the factories and understand what's happening, follow the, the after-sale service and, and product complaint, anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, because only through those that we can really start getting back in touch with business. And the business also, once they see that there's better bandwidth communication, then they can say, okay, you know, we don't, we can start sharing more with the legal function. Right rather than, okay, let's not, let's keep this away from the lawyers because it's more trouble than it's worth. Oh, that never uh, happens. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and, and by the way, we are selling into a future in which data is everything. And lawyers are very good uh, with laws, of course. We can identify issues. We can even, 
devise solutions. We can, of course, document these solutions. But what we don't have really at our fingertips are the data and the facts. And we have to find a way to really get into it. Otherwise, we will. Um, I think this legal function will be very, very difficult to to get ahead. Um, we sometimes we say, okay, that's not our job because we are we are managed. We're part of the managers of risk risk managers, right? Mm. But my my short answer to that is, you don't. If we can manage risk without, but you cannot manage risk without having a thorough participative understanding of what the co-commitment co uh, opportunities are, because managing risk alone is like clapping with one hand. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't, it has no context. So it ends up have, making a lot more lawyers um, unduly, as complained by <laughs> many business, like unduly, unduly risk adverse because because of this kind of profile and negative cycle, many businesses decided not to tell lawyer what's going on. So all the more we, we, we want to be more conservative because we without knowing all the data and facts. So that's about, it's a long way of saying that we have to go, lawyers more than any other function have to get out of the silo and be part of the team in let's say a pit stop in a race car mm -hmm. uh, context. They'll re be really part of the team. Uh, not just by saying it, and and there are many ways to do it, but, but um, the legal function has to do that. And the the crisis situation is, as I mentioned earlier, is one opportunity for um, because change has needs opportunity too. Sometimes mm -hmm. I told people that you can have a your general manager or your regional president or your CEO. Uh, during his or her first term, they may or may not, because the current issue about the gap between law and business, they may or may not include legal as part mm. of their initiative. Sometimes you have to go into their middle of the first term or middle of their, the, when I say first term, it's not necessarily a number of years, but really a phase mm -hmm. of their, their, you have to go into their second term. Then the, then I think is a good opportunity for um, doing something that transformed the legal function. Same thing, a company that faces a lot of risk um, the best time, the best crisis is 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 a compliance crisis. Mm -hmm. uh, not not at um, sometimes the company would go all the way to the other end of the uh, spectrum and um, and uh, get overly conservative, overly formalistic. But at least it will give you some ammunition to really have a chance to look at what really matters, rather than the sometime um, window dressing that even some. Um, government officials like DOJ say, well, we don't expect you to do all this crazy stuff, but, but you know, we need to make sure they all they ask for is we do risk assessment that right. it makes sense in context of the business. Right. It doesn't say you take zero risk. But I think we being part of a company is if we're going to make <laughs> make this legal function going to be much more than uh, arrest this uh, downward cycle and then re re reverse it to be a virtuous cycle. We mm. have to behave like an owner. Mm. Uh, when I say an owner, it's not just shareholder, but really owner of the whole ecosystem. Now, mm. people are gonna when people hear that some some lawyer who have their up to their eyeballs and contract to review, they will just roll their eyes and say, "I don't have time for that. I'm not trained to do that. <laughs> I didn't go to law law school to be a business guy." Mm. That's fine, but but then then we have to have a take a much longer time to get into a more meaningful dialogue. Right. Um, having said that, the 
the how do we okay we're not indeed we're not trained to go to all these things but we are looking into long to longer term issue and when we say longer term issue what it really means is i think we have to think about when all the dust settles how would the ecosystem be for this particular client organization this enterprise mm. um and sure it, there's something that we can be legalistic about it. We, especially in the U.S., you know, we'll see you in court, and then we'll see right. we'll argue over the force majeure clause and the circumstances, and something will come out of that. But sometime, of course, negotiation naturally will go into okay. Then you push somebody go into bankruptcy, or you lose a customer. You know, these are the kind of things that, of course, is not for the legal function to decide, but right. the legal function should behave. You should, we should be working with the client, and and this is not an um, we we will not make this transition overnight, but in over time we will become to think like what our client would want, and mm. we will also um, be mindful of certain lines that we cannot cross mm. um, as an organization because uh, you don't want people to go to jail, you don't want. Uh, company eventually to to hit some you may or may not want to hit the can down the road so to speak mm. uh, because and if you do so make sure you have a way to pick up that can later on these mm. are the kind of decisions that um, the 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 not just the lawyer but the whole organization need to figure out and crisis is often the place that the lawyers are brought in on the remedial end but this is also at the same time. Hopefully, we would have done enough homework about the company's reasons for existence, each business unit, their value proposition, and then, equally important, the stakeholders within each ecosystem. Some of those are external, your supplier, your customer, your partners, and so forth, your contractors. Some of those, even more important to large organizations, is internal, and sometimes they have outsized influence mm. on what the entity should end up doing. And I have long made an argument to say that legal function lawyers, although not unique, we do touch on, you know, if you look at what lawyer, lawyers have been doing over the centuries, is we manage relationship between peoples, whether mm. they're natural people or uh, legal people. Mm. And this relationship includes stakeholders inside, be it CFO, the, the supply chief, um, the board. Um, each of these people are going to have outsized influence on what the company ought to be doing. And if they have the company, quote unquote, best interest in mind, that's great. But sometimes they don't. So uh, somehow, you know, maybe if, if lawyers, many lawyers become lawyers because they want justice, right? Maybe this is a moment in which we, we try to really work with justice and say, justice say what the ecosystem is best for the ecosystem. But yeah. we have this solution and that solution and, and a third solution. Uh, of course, we need to make sure we provide solutions once we have the picture uh, analyzed. But we need to remind people in this solution, some stakeholders will uh, prefer more than others. But ultimately, we should try to get the optimal solution for all the stakeholders. Now, that, that doesn't mean every single problem will have a clear cut resolution, but there got to be some kind of the, these are really the core, the core of the decision mm -hmm. that 
we, I think, as lawyers should be a part of rather than as somewhere to call in and say how much damage we would expect if we go down that that rabbit hole. It's really, really much more of a holistic thinking in it. And I think um, <clears throat> it's a it's an approach which I know you've you've done a lot of thought about. Uh, um, it's it's a it's something that you've written about as well. Uh, sort of this the re- redefining the role of legal department and legal legal managers and yep. And I think this this um, the way you framed it, um, taking this chance, this this horrible circumstance, um, and and at least for the legal department, um, doing right by the company, doing right by by people that are affected by this, but also taking it as a chance for the legal department to um, take this crisis and turn it into an opportunity, both for the company and for its own its own role in the company to to you know harness that long term view and and show value beyond um, by understanding the business and 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 what the purpose of the company is, as you said, and, and a legal department actually is quite uniquely set up to do that it sounds a little bit odd it might sound a little bit counterintuitive but i think for all the reasons you've said it's 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 there and it's and it's a great it's a great motivator i think for 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 legal managers in a company and and to redefine kind of what um what their role is and what their purpose and spark give a little spark to what they what they can do with their with their uh, position in a company right Absolutely. I really, I really appreciate you um, taking the time during this crazy situation to, to talk <laughs> with us. Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to have this exchange. And um, unfortunately, crisis is an opportunity for us to really look at, you know, uh, these key things about stakeholders, uh, about the long term and the short term, about the domestic versus the, 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 the home base. Uh, that type of um, analysis, which will hopefully help, also help us to to contribute to solving uh, or getting out on top of these crises. Mm. Well, thank you so much, Kenny. Uh, it's been wonderful. And uh, on the show notes, and then um, when I, we post on from the LinkedIn account, I'll I'll uh, we'll find a way for people to reach out to you if they want to talk to you or learn more. Um, uh, about how um, your your thinking on all this could could be applied for them and their 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 department or their 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 individual situation. So we'll do that. And thanks again, Kenny, for joining us today. Thank you, Art.